On today's episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Watchable, we talk about Wonder Woman 1984, which came out on HBO Max, and Soul, which came out on Disney+. Plus. Both of those came out on Christmas Day. We also do our typical segment of Good, Bad, Watchable. Boyle recaps his all of his DCEU uh, movie rewatch that he did. And uh, yeah, we just chat about movies. What's better than that? What is this place? What's your name, honey? Uh, I'm Joe. I teach middle school band. Cotty, go for it! Today started out as the best day of my life. Back here tonight, first show's at 7. Yes! Woohoo! You know what that's gonna say? Joe Gardner! <laughs> I did it! I got the gig! Crush your soul here. That's what life on Earth is for. That wasn't completely read at all. That was acted out. Welcome <laughs> to the good, the bad, the watchable, a movie podcast. I'm Nick Rojas. That was Nick Boyle. He's Mark DeSisto on Victory Monday. Fellas, how you doing? Good. I put all my soul into that one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Got yeah. it. Um, yeah, you guys know how I am. I am wonderful real good weekend for me it was bears week all week if you saw mark swolso on twitter he let you know it job one is done on to the playoffs feeling good the 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 route to lombardi trophy named after one of the great coaches in nfl history goes through lambeau field goes through lambeau and you know my my social media game was on point if you you guys follow me you probably saw the obnoxious uh, edits uh, to the gifts I was making and, and throwing them up there. And I was having a wonderful time. Great game. Ready to get back into the swing of things for movies, though. I get the week off. I got nothing to worry about. That's true. I mean, <clears throat> I'll tell you something. I, I, I'm i thoroughly excited for playoff football this year. I really am. I'm, I'm so excited that the Pats aren't in it. I'm excited that I can – like root for all these teams that I just have loved watching all season. Like I just want to every week start doing a pick 'em league for the for the rest of the season because yeah, you, can, it, you can just watch like some some of your like you know favorite players on other teams. Just hope yeah. for a good game, you know, have yeah. some and no stress on you because it's like oh hey, who cares? Someone lost. I, I'm Rob Lowe with the NFL hat on right now. I'm just rooting for <laughs> everyone to have fun. I'm having a great time. I don't care who wins these games. I don't really hate anybody in particular, so I'm excited. Um, yeah. But yeah, but in the meantime, several days till game day. We have plenty of movies to talk about. We have some new movies that just came out in our homes and in theaters um, that we're going to talk about today. Get to our Good Bad Watchable segment and uh, get some requests from you guys, which reminds me, going to post on our Instagram, GBW Pod. Make sure you follow us. Uh, guys. Let's get right into it because uh, not a lot of news happens over the winter break in uh, old Holly, Hollywood over there. So let's go to our first review. It came out on HBO and in theaters on Christmas Day. Wonder Woman 1984, PG-13 movie. It's two hours and 31 minutes. Keep that in mind. Uh, it was directed by Patty Jenkins and written by Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns, starring Gal Gadot. I've heard that's how she likes her name pronounced. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Gal Gadot. Yeah. It, it it sound like Gal Gadot sounds so much, and it's like not it's Gal Gadot, whatever. Uh, Chris Pine, Kristen Wiig, uh, Pedro Pascal, who we know from Mandalorian. Um, rewind to the 1980s as Wonder Woman's next big screen adventure finds her facing two all new foes, Max Lord and the Cheetah. 
Wow, what a description. Uh, guys, what do we think about this? Uh, Mark, you had some thoughts. You're the first one to watch it. Uh, kick us off here. I, you know, I, well, I was really excited for this one. Um, I think I, I've mentioned it on the previous pods. Like, I was. I was really looking forward to this because I really enjoyed the uh, the first Wonder Woman. I thought they did a really good job. And out of the rest of the DC movies, uh, I thought, like, Wonder Woman was probably, like, my favorite or most highly graded. Uh, unfortunately, gentlemen, my review is not too favorable. I was disappointed by this. Uh, I watched it on Christmas with my family. Um, I asked them if they wanted to see it. They were like, yeah, sure, you know, whatever. We uh, we all kind of toughed it out. Again, two and a half hours, long, long. And uh, that wasn't that wasn't like the main issue. I thought what, what struck uh, like stuck out to me first, the visual effects. Um, I just thought it, it looked like a, it really did not look like a high budget film. Like, and, it, and like right away, like they kind of came out with that. I was like, was that green screen? Like, are we, it kind of felt like a turn of the millennia, like type of movie, like with, with some of those um, effects. And then also like the, the fighting sequences just looked wildly unnatural. Like they, they just like, they had like a, like a, or ridiculous and absurd feel to them, even though it's like a, a comic book movie, obviously a superhero movie. But it just it looked it looked odd. It looked weird. Um, you know, there were some positives. I thought you know um, a lot of the shots, like uh, I thought some of the big epic shots that they have, like some looked really good. Uh, I thought like the acting, like um, as a whole, like gentlemen, guys, feel free to chime in because I just I got okay. to say about this. Visual effects to me, I thought that was like uh, that's like, Will's contribution to cough. Yeah, we'll we'll get to the like the the plot holes as we mm-hmm. like get into this, but I thought like right away I was like almost distracted by how bad the visual effects were for such a high budget film. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree with you on that one. Um I just think yeah, I think we just expected color and vibrance and because these this is the marketing technique that they had for this movie um it was very 80s uh that i felt they pushed a lot in the first five minutes and then got right away from that and at one point even question i was like wait a minute what time zone are we in because is this in 2020 and then i'll get to plot holes later by the way but same i kind of agree like nothing really screamed great visuals um and even you know you you start mentioning the fight scenes but that kind of goes with the visuals it was yeah. so lame they weren't anything over the top that they really should have been um i don't know ross what do you think yeah i mean mark and i discussed uh when we were texting about how some of the visual effects looked uh cheap so i want to piggyback on that not che- not cheap but just not what we've come to expect with movies and i don't know if that's just a matter of us watching on tv versus in a theater but it it felt similar to when you go back and watch something that was made in 2002 and you're kind of like oh man i remember that looking better and it just it just didn't look as good and that that persisted throughout the movie you know including you know some of the fight scenes later on where they try to cover it up by having it in the dark i mean i thought kristen wiggs makeup as cheetah just looks so bad thank you can i say yeah. Is it supposed to match my, the comics? I don't know. Dude, it doesn't match no. the comics. It doesn't okay. Look the comics at, all. at all. And <laughs> okay, like, truthfully, I, I had to ask. 
it literally went when it <laughs> when her character fully turned into Cheetah, I laughed out loud because I was like, Am I What's watching that? Cats the sequel? Is like what is this? This is yeah. terrible. My yeah. joke with you, yeah. It's like yes. They were like, remember how well Cats was received? <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. do that again. <laughs> like, Run it back. Run the cat play back. Oh, it was so, so bad. I, let's touch on the 80s. Let's touch on the 80s. Yes. It says 1984, right? Yes. I'm expecting like top 80s music like to just be thrown in like throughout this whole What have movie. all the ads been doing? The, the, the mall of it, the colors, Max Lord, you can have it all. The excess of the 80s. Boyle was saying that, like the, the bright, vibrant colors, like the synthesizers, like all of that. Like I just pulled up the top songs from 1984. Uh, like Van Halen, Jump, like When Doves Cry, Prince. Like you, you can throw so many of these like songs that everyone kind of knows. But it's like, all right, like it's clearly 80s. Like here, like here we go. Right. And then like yeah. we're just not getting like this like blatant like 80 stuff. Like one of um one of our uh friends from Jersey kind of mentioned too, there was like that one scene, it's like um when they're taking off like for the plane. We we're all gonna talk about the plane scene. But um he was like, Why? He was like, could have just ripped danger zone right there. Like like something that just makes some people think of the eighties. Rock you like a hurricane. You're Warner Brothers, you can spend the money on the songs. Yeah. I know yeah. you can. I know you have the money. Do it. It's just like, so kind of to put a bow on, on like the 1984 aspect, the film had almost nothing to do with the year 1984, yet it's in the title. And that Pretty just, it, I'm like, I guess like the only things that they really did like try to hammer about the 80s was like uh, kind of like political injustice. And, and uh, it was like kind of like terrible things like from the 80s. That they that they were more highlighting things like, people resented from the eighties, like yeah. I saw a lot of people complain about like why focus on the geopolitical state of the world in nineteen eighty four and not like the culture and it's and they're like uh because we can and it's like should you though and the answer it is just, no it just didn't seem and it kind of like came out of nowhere that that's the direction it went in like it was, all of a sudden it was about the geopolitical relations <laughs> between Russia <laughs> and the Middle East. What are we, yeah, it was like, Which again, it goes back to a larger point. Since these are the issues that are even going on today, it's like it could have taken place in 1974, 84, 94, 04. You know, like it it could have taken place in 2024. I'm sure. Yeah. So that's not fun. Uh, the story itself, Mark, and we can kind of shift a little bit to that. Yeah, please. It it started off fine. You know, fun opening action scene. The fun of the movie of Chris Pine being now. A person from World War One, spoiler, now being in the 80s and the fun of that and being like, oh, what's this? What's that? That was the most fun part of the movie. Everything yeah. after, everything from the plane takeoff scene afterwards, it just goes completely that, downhill. That's exactly where they lost me, Rojas. I, I made a note like for that where I was just like, okay, like now I'm like, now I'm like taken out of it because now it's starting to make no sense. Yeah. Because I, I even said that in my, uh, in my written review, I said my favorite part was um, when they had uh, Gal Gadot and Chris Pine, like their see their scenes together, like you know them kind of getting like to interact, like a little, I, they have really good on screen chemistry, like and it wasn't like CGI fest in our face either, you know. It's like them just kind of being like normal for as much as the plot would allow normal to be. Um, yeah, it's just it, at, at that one point, like and it's again a long movie, like they just they lose you in that third act. I thought like it just got completely ridiculous. 
Um, I would also agree just that <clears throat> basically, you know, a lot of the character developments, I didn't care. Like, it was just like, like Kristen Wiig's character, like they did a good job with her character development, but I just like didn't care enough. Like at the end of the day, I was like, all right. So if she's not going to be Cheetah, then like you just knew she was going to be someone. And then it just, I, uh, yeah, yeah, I just kind of gave away. Spoiler, I thought, so I I kinda thought what they did with her character was like cheap. Like it was like everything, um, just like uh, your classic comic book. Like the most comic book thing they can do is like, this person's weak and like not stereotypically pretty. Yeah. And like now we're gonna like do like two changes. But, and like now, now like, you know, she's completely different and like And like, all they did was like and all they did was frizz her hair and put glasses on her. Because then she literally the next morning when she wakes up, she like, like pulls it down and takes off the glasses and it's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> that's where that's when Clark Kent. That's where, like, later on, I, I think that was more of a, it changed everyone's perception of her and not it's not about the physical appearance. That To, to me, that didn't feel like a, a plot hole. Because I think later on, as we see, uh, people's, I don't, like... I don't think it's a hole. I just, like, I was just like, this is what we're doing. I'm like, this is the way, like, we're going to... Right. I, don't, I just don't want people thinking, like, all they did was change her hair and take off her glasses. Like, I, I think, like, everyone's mind... Everyone's mind got changed. You, watching you drink that beer makes me hungry, which I don't know what that says about me and <laughs> my relationship to that, which is it, troublesome. I, uh, I will say the other thing is, is that Pedro Pascal, I feel, I feel like was the steal of the show. Like I thought he was the best besides Chris Pine scenes. Like you said, Ross, the beginning, like I just love watching him as like a, like kind of villain, but he wasn't, he was like a humanistic person who just like, he had a good vision and then obviously just like lost himself. He got desperate, I, he got desperate and lost him. Yeah. And what I hated though is that they were developing him into becoming a supernatural monster. Did you get that vibe? Like the bloody eye, the bloody nose. He was like veiny at one point. I'm like, oh, he's going to turn into something kind of crazy. Because think about the first Wonder Woman. She fights a god, right? And right. then the end of this movie was like, I can't believe it even ended the way it did. First of all, nothing came of his character. He actually looked more normal. And then <laughs> yeah. she didn't have to do anything. Like, it was, I just, I don't know, man. That was kind of, I mean, she did, but like, you know what I'm saying. I, I heard just, an interview where she wanted to make a movie that ended with no no one dying and Wonder Woman using her words and not fists to solve the problem. So well, I guess she succeeded. On, on that front, she succeeded. Now, whether that makes for an entertaining movie, that's up for debate. Well, this movie, friends, it did not. Yeah. It was not great. <laughs> Pedro Pascal, he kind of wore on me as the movie went along. At a certain point where he's doing his over-the-top thing, I was kind of like, we get it. He ca it kept so repetitive. And that's one of my other issues with this movie. Man, trim the fat on this movie. There were three scenes that served one purpose. Like you could have you could have trimmed a lot of fat here. I felt like it, it also final thing I want to say about this movie. It felt very old fashioned, which I was like, all right, this is an old fashioned superhero movie. I can tolerate it. it I could only tolerate so much of how old fashioned it felt. So I don't know. What do you guys think about I, the, the tone? I think it started out like, OK, to me. I was like, all right. And I thought, like, even, like, some of the, the characters, like, in the beginning, like, they start out as, like, good enough. Like, they're, like, you know, and then, like, as it just wore on, they're getting, like, 
worse and worse and worse. I, like, so they, they, I, again, like by the third act, like, um, Kristen Wiggs, uh, uh, Cheetah was just lost me. I was like, yeah, I'm just like, I'm not in on this character anymore. And then Pedro Pascal, um, uh, what was his Maxwell Lord, Maxwell Lord. He lost me by the third act too. I was just like this, like now it's just not working for me. Like, and it, that's like they, the DC universe is known for this. They have a villain problem. Like the, the villains just aren't very interesting. And this is no exception. The, these were not, I just, you know, I, I just really did not like enjoy this by the end of the movie. And I was kind of really, you know, when you're rooting for the movie to just like end, like how much more of this do I have to kind of go through? Cause I got to finish this. That's what this kind of had me end up as. Yeah. I can overlook a movie with plot holes as long as I'm entertained. Like I'm big team. Like I can ignore those. I, I know that like I can compartmentalize that this movie, like to me just wasn't entertaining for me to like care by the end. So if there's plot holes in this movie, so be it. But I just like, I just, it was not entertaining that I, I don't even care. But if things don't really make sense. I, I want to just bring up kind of more of the plot as well, because we, we, you know, we talked a little bit about it, but like as a person, a comic book fan, I have two big problems. One, what was the point of this movie? So I'm not saying they all need to connect. I know we've had that discussion before, but what is the point of this in the, in the DC universe? Like, like I really had a, like I felt black widow vibes going into this movie, not after reviews. I'm saying original before it came out. Like I was expecting it to kind of lead something for the DC, for the um, DC universe. And it, it did nothing. The whole plot is based upon a gem that you can make a wish on like that's pretty pathetic they could have done (laughs) so much more and i just feel that like it was said that there wasn't even a bonus scene and actually i'm sorry there was a bonus scene and it was just like really like after all this that's what you give me get out of here it, they sorry, did, even they for did, a nostalgia, like, they did person. a little bit of fan service in this movie. Like they gave like something for like the old school fans. Like every now and then, there were a couple little like you know, a couple little different things that you get to see, I which know. is like fine. But like, yeah, there's and so my scene. biggest problem with this too is as somebody who rewatched all the DC movies leading up to this, this is supposed to take place. So Wonder Woman eighty four took Wonder Woman the original took place in 1917 i believe and then 1919 like that whole time period and then this movie is supposed to take place in 84 and justice league is supposed to take place in 2010 whatever year that movie technically came out right right so all of these abilities that wonder woman has right now that they show in this new movie wonder woman 84 with being able to use the lasso in certain ways being able to learn the big thing like that pretty much I think is the point of the movie was her being able to learn how to fly spoiler alert but besides that like what then why doesn't she use that in Justice League uh, yeah, like they, they should not have done that because basically you're sitting there thinking of like so when they were having problems with Steppenwolf and fighting him why wasn't she using any of these abilities like any of them Invisibility? like what the last and there's so much you can do with that lasso and it's just oops, i just pulled that on my ear and it just was like 
uh, I don't know. I just was like, I mean, that was me getting into the technical, you yeah, know, and I, I probably shouldn't have very done that. Frustrating. It's it very was very frustrating. Like, it's it's like, cool to see, but like, really? It doesn't match up. You should, th- that shouldn't have happened. I don't doesn't know. Make, it doesn't make any sense. As someone who didn't yeah. watch Justice League, guess what, guys? It still didn't matter to me at all. Still didn't care. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, whether she did it, whether she didn't do it, didn't care. Uh, thought it was cool. I was like, oh, yeah, Wonder Woman's the one with the invisible jet. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, but like, like that, but, yeah that's another thing that, like, you know, oh, so, you know, at that point in the movie, we'll about it. like, she's supposed to be, like, getting weaker, right? She's getting weaker. And now I'm supposed to believe that she can do something that she hasn't been able to do, like, at all and just, like, turn stuff invisible. Wait, no, that was at the beginning of the movie. She did that. She wasn't no, weak yet. No, she was supposed to because she got her wish granted. Weaker already. I don't think it was an immediate thing, though. Like, well, her, her that's what the movie's power. trying to she tell you. I'll tell you. Yeah. So remember, she she was having trouble breaking the lock. And, like, you know, Chris Pine is looking at her like, you're right. Like, like that's only. Oh, you. that's true. Right. So they're already showing you, like, her powers are on the decline. And, like, now she can just turn a plane invisible. Okay, I'm glad you said it from that perspective because for me, Mark, I saw that scene as, okay, she literally says to Chris Pine, well, this has only been tried twice before and it never really works, but let's try it. And and we're like, (laughs) and then she just nails it in like two seconds. Like that's more of the mindset I was in. (laughs) But I see where you're coming from too. The fireworks looked so cool and I liked it. it. What did I say? Say in the beginning, I said the the some of the shots look good, right? I enjoyed some of the some of the big epic shots. That was one of them. I liked it. So we meandered on on the way getting there, and it was a little sloppy. Yeah. So what? We still got the fireworks looking pretty, and we could put that in the trailer. So what? That that's one of those things, guys, where like people point out to me the stuff that you pointed out, and yes, it makes zero sense, uh, based off the rules of the movie. But I'm still sitting there like a dumb. Uh, mouth breather, just like, uh, yeah, but the pretty colors, and you're like, oh, all right, fine, <laughs> which is fine, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm of both worlds, I appreciate what you guys are saying because you're right, it doesn't make sense, and that's what makes this movie to me a five out of ten. I give it a five out of ten, yeah. I was just gonna say, let's get to the grades because I, I think I've been texting you guys all like all week about this, mm-hmm. but my immediate knee jerk reaction. Even though I really didn't like the ending, I said, eh, watchable. I said, watchable. And my first grade, I gave it uh, three stars out of five. So, like, a six out of ten. I was like, this is bad. But, like, I didn't think. I was like, oh, it's, it wasn't that bad, right? And then I thought about it. And I kept, like, thinking about the movie. And I was like, oh, you know what? I didn't really like that part. Well, I didn't like this part either. Wait a minute! I don't like a lot of this. <laughs> like I'm, I'm going back and and really going over it. And I was like, yeah, this movie is is bad. So I changed my grade. I edited my review and I changed it from watchable to bad. I gave this movie two stars out of five. That'll give it a four out of ten in my book. I gave it a four out of ten. Um, tough, tough but fair. And I will say. I there was one scene we didn't talk about. I appreciated the goblet of fire scene at the beginning. Um, but the, like you said, the first hour of this movie, I was in, I was actually shocked that people were bashing this movie. And I'm like, God, I didn't want to text you guys everything I was thinking, but I was like, I'm really enjoying this. So I'm going to keep quiet to myself. 
But like you said, Mark, I feel like it's more at the end of it. Like now that you've seen it and it sits and you start thinking different things, I will say knee-jerk reaction, I was at a 6.5. Talking to you guys about it, I go about a 5.5. So I'm just going to go in with a 6 out of 10 on this one because I still don't hate it. Um, I don't think it was great, but again, I do think it is watchable. And, you know, it does do the fan, you know, the little fan stuff and it's okay. I probably, I probably maybe five and a half and then go up to the six. If I had to, maybe that makes more sense. Cause again, then you sit here and it sits in your mouth. And you're like, you're really giving that a six. Like, I don't know if I like that actually. So uh, I'm, I'm like changing my grade on the spot right now. Actually, oh, yeah. See, I'm telling you like the more you think about this movie, the worse it gets for it. It's best if it just leaves our minds. Cause then just leave it at that. <laughs> I know. So it's almost like I should give it a five and a half and then round down to the five where it can just teeter wherever it needs to go. (laughs) So, all right. If I'm going to sum it all up, it was too long. It was too green screeny. Like some of the action sequences were just like, it it just didn't look right. And it was a mad plot. I gave it, it's bad. It's bad movie. Well, thank you guys uh, for sharing. (laughs) I had to get that off my chest. That was an airing of grievances. I, I had to say. I don't think any of us can really recommend this to your average moviegoer. Um, no. For no. sure. Yeah, I, I, I just can't. Um, oh, man. All right, let's move along now to Soul. That came out as well on Christmas Day on Disney+. Plus. Um, 2020 release, like we said, PG, an hour and 40 minutes long. A musician who has lost his passion for music is transported out of his body and must find his way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself. And this movie is directed by Pete Docter, who's been at Pixar forever, uh, co-directed by Kemp Powers. And this was written by Pete Docter, Kemp Powers, and Mike Jones. Probably not the same Mike Jones. Uh, stars Jamie Foxx, Tina Fey, Graham Norton, a bunch of other voices too. Uh, I know Daveed Diggs is in there as well. Um, Felicia Rashad, Rachel House, Alice Bra- yeah, a bunch of people. Um, what did we think of Soul? And since we started with Mark last time, we're going to go with you, Boyle. Sweet. I don't have much to say. I think you guys are going to go off on this. Um, this automatically was a different movie than I was expecting. Um, very different movie than I was expecting. And I was really expecting like kids movie, kids, you know, and I'm glad like Mikhail and I were talking about this right before I came on to like, it was very like, we thought it was going to be that kids Pixar. There's going to be musicals in there with Jamie Foxx singing, like, cause he's a great singer. So I was like, like, just like, that's kind of how it was advertised. I really felt like, but anyways, personal opinion. Um, It was visually stunning. It's a classic, beautiful, I feel like, good looking film would have been nice to see an IMAX. Um, and they had awesome Easter eggs, you know, going into like the afterlife of things. I just, you know, I appreciate when they take like little things that they do like, Oh, I messed with the best. I've been messing with this basketball team for years. Like stuff like that. I super appreciate, you know, stuff going on in the backgrounds or whatever. Um, and I know we've all talked about this off screen. It's the adult inside out. And I just wasn't expecting that. And there's nothing wrong with that. But just from what I watched and then it ended and I just felt like, all right, I'll be honest with you. And this is a very unpopular opinion. It sucked the soul out of me. I just was kind of, yeah, I was kind of drained by this movie afterwards. And just like, I like, yeah, it had, it had a good message. And I just thought it was like, 
I just thought it was an okay movie. I didn't love anything. Like truthfully, initial reactions coming out of it, six and a half out of 10. I just wasn't wowed. And I was just like, okay, I know, I know it's going to unpopular opinion, but it, um, it was, I just wasn't wowed. Like I usually am with a Disney movie or a Pixar movie. And I should have been. So to me, my score is not a fair score. And I already want to rewatch this because I think with the, knowing the lens I have now and understanding the direction of the film, I might appreciate this more and raise my grade. And it's very likely just when I first finished this movie, that's how I felt. I was just like, okay. Like, I don't know. I just didn't feel any like, yeah, like I usually did. It just was like, okay, I don't know. Just didn't get it from me this time. But um, I, I'll have to give a final score after I rewatch this again. But I'm going to stick with a seven for my initial score because I just think it's a fair. It was, it was a good movie. Everything to the movie was great. It was beautifully done visually. The storyline was great. The themes behind it, the little messages, all of it by all means but it just um i think i deserve to do another rewatch for that one so um what do you boys think were you on your phone and, and where were you at emotionally when you watched this movie i need to know were you in a safe I space was, i was i was you know what it was it was christmas day and our and our and my that was my thing i said i was doing this on christmas day so when things had winded down i mean we didn't go anywhere we stayed here covid um but i mean we literally had finished a family zoom and then we were like, let's do this. And we sat down. No phones, no nothing. Because this is just like Wonder Woman. Same type of movie. I put the phone away. Like, I don't mess around with those movies. So, um, and and we watched it through. And I just was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it just, I don't know, man. It didn't. I, I really want to rewatch it. Like, it's a genuine, I, I want to rewatch it. I think I could get it up to an eight, maybe. But we'll see. I, it's not, I really don't think it's going to go higher for me. It, it's nothing great, but it's if it gets there. We'll yeah, I, uh, I'm going to take the reins from you here on uh, Boyle. I too was expecting a completely different movie. I thought we were going to get music out of this one, especially with the theme being, you know, this jazz player. Um, I thought they really switched the tone on us. Like, if you, I watch all the trailers. We, we know I like to watch trailers and teasers. I like to go unprepared. I, I felt like I was very unprepared for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, it's like, you know, he's, he starts out as a teacher, right? And based on the trailer, you'd think like this guy would be, you know, so in tune with kind of everybody like around him, like family, um, friends. Um, and now his job, he's like, you know, he's an, a music teacher. I just, and he kind of really like starts out as like a very selfish kind of person. And that's where like the elements of like an adult uh, version of, of the movie Inside Out um, comes into play where, where Inside Out is a, is a really good movie, like kind of helping um, like, well, like preteens kind of deal with emotions, right? They put it in like very simple terms. Mm-hmm. Right. And this one, this is like a much more adult thing. It's like, hey, like you should really figure out what actually matters in life. And I yeah. was like, whoa. Yeah. Like that's like kind of without giving away spoilers. That's really what I, I got out of this one. Um, I watched it with um, Dave and Hunter. Right. And our, our friends, Dave and Hunter, like, you know, they kind of 
um, we're not prepared for a deep kind of movie like this. They also enjoy, like these are the, the kind of people that would enjoy like a Pixar movie, you know, um, like something more along the lines of like a Monsters Inc. and like Incredibles where we have a good time, but like, you know, it's not that deep. And Hunter like looked at me like halfway through this and he was like, is this like for kids? Yeah. Like, this is some heavy stuff. And I mean, that's just like the best way to like kind of put it. Like it was, they, there are some heavy adult themes in here and they're not too shy about it. That being said, uh, unlike Boyle, I really like kind of enjoyed this. I thought like the way they kind of laid it out, like um, for someone to really like have a, a self-reflection and kind of figure out, you know, what really should be like mattered to them rather than like what they thought mattered to them. You know what I mean? Uh, I hate wrapping up a thought with that. It's, it's, <laughs> it should explain it better. It like, seriously, it, it's just like, you know, this guy had kind of like a one track mind and maybe it wasn't exactly what he thought, you know, his life should be at that point. But, you know, is it all that bad? You know, it's really, uh, the title of the movie is pretty good. You know, it's like kind of really finding the soul uh, for, you know, each person's like kind of uh, life or, or outlook. It, it's a deep, deep cartoon movie. I, but I, I liked it. I thought it was very, very good. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. I didn't not enjoy this movie. I'm just saying I just like, I guess I think it, it just threw me off so much not being what I thought it was going to be. So that kind of did throw me off, I guess, watching it. But you're right. You know, you're bringing up points now. I'm like, oh, and that was good. And that was really good. So by all means, like it was a good movie. And um, I liked the incorporations of the jazz and stuff too, like you were saying before, Mark. So, um, so I'll I'll try to pick a little bit of a different angle here because uh, more like Mark and, and less like Nick. I I really like like this movie. Like I I think I L word this movie. I think I love this movie. Um, this movie is just first off we you know Boyle talked about it at getting like visually beautiful. Uh, Pixar they are in their bag these days with animation. Like some of like the, the hair in this movie. And I know that in brave that they kind of dealt with very big, like curly hair before, but like some of the details of the hair and the clothing in this movie was just so incredible in, in the real world. And then the soul world, like some of the colors there was just so pretty. Like it's such a pleasant movie. I thought this, again, this being much more of a, uh, a family uh, movie with much more stuff geared towards like adults. Like you have, Marie Antoinette inside jokes and like Lincoln versus Jackson references. Like as a 28 year old thought found this movie hilarious, like Pixar and Pete doctor, their ability to kind of basically give you medicine, right? Like basically like life after death and reflecting on a life. And did you enjoy life or were you just more worried about the end destination and kind of like wrap that medicine around like, like a nice little, like little appetizer for you to just chew down. Like, Oh, this is like a nice little appetizer, but you got your medicine. Like at the same time, like their ability to do that is just so amazing to me. Like this is a movie that on like the, the surface should be very difficult to watch. Like going back and realizing like you just didn't appreciate the journey. Like that's a, that's a dark theme that they're able to turn into like a very like nice and fun movie that, and uh, I'm going to break out this French word that I thought of, um, watch this movie the joie de vivre uh the joy of living a french phrase um i thought of that like i think back to the references to the pizza um 
things like the that. Money. I thought the pizza scene was like just it fit it fit in so well to like so the well. current state of the movie and like the current state of the plot. Like it, it's used as a great. It's it. What's great is it works on multiple levels because yeah, it's funny as a joke, like seeing him eat the just crouched over just eating the pizza, being like, oh my god, it's delicious. But also like on a bigger level, like who man, who doesn't love pizza? Who doesn't even eat a pizza and not like you know at least have a little bit of smile uh, on their face? So, um, so the messaging in this movie I just love the animation I loved uh, the voice cast I thought was pretty good I I didn't feel like everyone got their chance to shine um, I thought the sto- the written story like we talked about the message before like Mark that part where the the that big jazz singer is talking to him at the end of the show and says that thing about like you know that. I forget what it was about, like the small fish or the tadpole, right? Yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Man, that line hits. You're like, whoa. Huh. It makes you, after the movie, reevaluate reevalu- your things. Like, have I been focused on, like, the wrong things? Like, have I not been appreciating? And I've been reflecting a lot more since I've seen this movie. So, anytime really a movie. Do, it, it's one of those movies that makes you think, like, you know, like, um, any of your say hobbies or passions that you've really devoted like a lot of time to. Mm. And you're like, you know, it's all like, they're not saying that your individual passion or um, is, is wrong per se. They're saying like, maybe you're not fully appreciating everything about it just because you may have not exactly like, you know, done what you, you wanted. Like yeah. someone, um, if I like, I could relate it to say someone like myself, like, you know, devoted so much time to like football, like, but you know, I'm not like a, an NFL superstar or anything. And, but this movie, it kind of really, it can help you say like, yeah, but like, so what you didn't like, you know, go to the NFL. There were so many great things that happened like kind of along the way. It's a, a big time, like appreciate what's going on yeah. in a movie. And could it, and another podcast brought this up, the big picture, so I don't want to steal their thing without crediting them, but they did mention about how this movie came out at the perfect time in our culture, at the end of a year where so much of our life got taken away from us and our, our routine and our everything, like that we've had a whole year of reflecting on like all this stuff got taken away from me. What what really mattered to me in the end? You know, what what gave me joy? What gave me that spark? in the morning and you know not to get too esoteric but like doing stuff like this podcast like i i love doing it like i wouldn't miss this for the world i love talking to you guys about movies i love movies and i love uh you know sharing those meals with the friends i i i love sharing those moments mark and Boyle, uh at the end of a night at at congress having a beer Mm. and you know laughing and putting our arms around our shoulder and yeah that's not what i set out to do in life uh, was to have those moments, but it's those moments that you're just like, whoa, like that's what makes it all worth. That's what makes the journey fun is all those little, so not. And I think that's a good point, Ross. And you're right. It did come at the perfect time to evaluate that. That's a great point. So yeah, this movie to me, I know that um, we're putting a lot on this movie at the end of the day, it is a, a Pixar animated movie, but some of the things it talks about, and, and we can have the discussion later down the line of what our, our favorite Pixar movies are, but um. You know, comparing it to Inside Out, I think is is extremely fair. Um, so that's my thoughts. I do want to say I disagree with you guys in one thing, and may- maybe you didn't fully think this, but as somebody who works with kids, this is not a kids movie. It's not. 
I've it's heard two. Yeah, I've heard several parents talk about their kids wanting to see this movie more. No, they want to see this movie several times instead of uh, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, but that makes. Sense. I, yeah, I was just gonna say, Boyle. I agree with you. Like, I really like going into this. I thought it would be a much more kid-friendly movie. It's really not. Like, this is an adult. Like, this is an adult movie with like pretty heavy adult themes. It's just too intellectual for them, and and even like the dialogue is too much, and. Um, the historical references, like I, I like I got some of them. I didn't. I don't. I think I had to like look up a few of them. Where I was like, oh, okay, that's what makes this joke that much more funny. And, and like, that's the thing; they're not going to get that. And truthfully, as a kid, you're going to just see bright color, like at least Coco. But there's, there was, but they're still going to watch it though, Boyle. Like from what I've been hearing on podcasts, is that kids have been wanting to see this movie over and over again because they think the cat scenes are funny. And <laughs> so they'll see this as a kid and then they'll be indoctrinated into this movie. And then later on in life, realize like, wow, this movie I loved was talking about some pretty serious toxic topics. And that's what to me sets Pixar ab- above and beyond what other animation studios are doing. Oh is yeah. That, I mean, is that they make, stuff. they honestly make movies that are, are worth watching your entire life. So sorry to cut you off there, but no, I think, I think point. even though this movie might not appeal directly to certain parts of the kid brain that we're not thinking, and I know you work with these kids, I think they're still going to watch this movie. It's a Disney movie. It's on the platform. They're like, from what I've been hearing that some parents have thrown it on for their kids and they've asked for it multiple times. That's again, anecdotal and maybe not for the reasons that we'd expect them to. Like I said, they think the cats are funny. The the cat scenes are funny, but that I had to at least throw that out there. Cause I, I, I know that the, the discussion when this immediately came out where people being like, Oh, kids are not going to like this at all. And I, I think we over uh, underestimate kids sometimes, especially you, Boyle. Shame on you as an educator. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Shame. <laughs> no, but Boyle, you know what? When you talk to your kids, like I, I would be interested as, to hear what they have to say about this movie. If they if they share thoughts with you, I, would I really hope like the the immediate first response is, "Well, we really like those cat scenes." <laughs> that, would, that would be funny. And I, the pizza. I'm doing it. Love that more. movie. The cat's hilarious. You mean to tell me that they're not going to laugh at the soul eating the pizza and pooping it out of its butt immediately? Like they're going to think that's hilarious. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I know it's not like the the heavy themes that this movie is trying to get across. But I mean, come on. But I see what you're saying is how it will like progress over time and then to be like, oh, I don't really remember this. And then watch it and be like, whoa. It's like when you watch A Bug's Life now versus when you watch it as a kid, you're like, oh, A Bug's Life was like talking about like (laughs) the social class systems. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bug's Life was like layered. (laughs) Very layered. Like you're like, oh, wow, this is very on the nose. And wow. Okay. Yeah. So (laughs) there would be some takes. Uh, if that came out in 2020, yeah, I there was Twitter when a bug's life was ripping it. Ooh, ooh, yes. Some, some discussion would be had online. Um, <laughs> so, uh, sorry, sorry, Boyle. I, I understand where you're coming from, uh, with the movie being like very much a different movie than what we're expecting, but that's not a bad thing. Again, like I'm, uh, you know, you guys bringing up a lot of the scenes that I did like. The pizza scene's fantastic. I, I'll tell you one of my favorite scenes is the barbershop. Like, I love that scene. Yeah, that scene's awesome. The barbershop's one. I, I thoroughly enjoyed that scene. Um, the, I mean, beautiful themes, beautiful quotes in the movie. Um, even when they're, um, I wouldn't say picking on, but they're the 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 perfectionist guy. And yeah. they, there's a really good line there, too. And I, I don't want to mess it up. But there's a really nice message there, too. Um, looking up quotes before this podcast too, 
reminding me a lot of the good things in this movie. And so, uh, you know, again, I'm excited to rewatch it. I just, I guess I felt so let down the first time I saw it. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited for seeing it a second time. I really am. And I'm still sticking with my seven out of 10 because it's it's a good movie and Pixar, like you said, they're just next level. They're just there. It's the layers on the layers on the Easter eggs on checking on like, okay, which movie are they going to try to reference now? You know what I mean? Like uh, in the background, there's a little thing that always references another movie. I just, I I, love that. I watched a YouTube video about that, like for soul specifically. And there's a ton Oh, uh, in New York City, I'm sure. That I did not notice first time around. And if you're someone like Boyle who really appreciates that, it's like you go on YouTube, you could probably search it in like 10 seconds. Just like soul Pixar references, like previous movies. Please tell me. Like, it doesn't go a scene like without it. Like, there's just a ton. Please tell me before I look it up, where was the Pizza Planet truck in this movie? It was in there. It was in, there okay. in the Hall of Everything. Yes. Oh, in the Hall of Everything? In the Hall of Everything, they were like, it was like right there, and they were like, you may have noticed this, and I was like, well, the first time we watched it, I did remember thinking like that's really familiar, but like they're not like super obvious about it, so I didn't put like two and two together. Then when I watched the YouTube, I was like, oh my god, there it is. <laughs> Every time I watch a uh, Pixar movie, the first time I always forget that I'm supposed to be looking for the Pizza Planet truck. I always it, forget. It there. Don't worry. There, I think it comes up more than once too. Oh. Ross, I'll tell you something. I yeah. easily forget that <laughs> every time. Every time. Every, every time, time I'm supposed to be looking for it. I do love the theory that all the Pixar movies happen in the same. I, love I do universe. love that too. Always kind of fun to think about. Um, all right, scores. So, Boyle, you gave it a seven. Yep. I give it a nine out of ten. What do you give it, Mark? I gave it a nine as well, sir. I gave it a hard nine. I couldn't give it a ten. It just wasn't quite there, but I also did not think this was eight territory. I gave it a, a nine. It's a very solid nine to me. Mm-hmm. Same it's here. enjoyable, yet, you know, hammering home a, a good message. Pixar yeah. in a nutshell. And you know what's hilarious? This is like one of those movies where I don't disagree with anyone rating this movie high. I don't. It is just like how it came across the first time watch for me. And that, I mean, it can happen. I, I, and Boyle, I don't besmirch you at one iota. I was just making a joke that you were like, uh, like in my mind as a joke, you were on your phone the entire time. Be like, yeah, I saw it. Sucked. Didn't, <laughs> like it. Didn't care. Uh, what, there no, was a movie? <laughs> no, I, I completely get it. I completely get it. Because again, this is like we keep talking about. This is, even though this is a Pixar movie, it is, I think, the most unique I know it is compared to Inside Out, but Inside Out felt felt like very much more of a kid-friendly movie. Definitely way more kid-friendly. <laughs> and even like uh, – this could be an even bigger conversation. Is this more or less kid-friendly than Wally? This is – This is less kid-friendly than This Wall. is less, kids fr- less kid-friendly. Yeah, okay. Wally was way more kid-friendly. I think it's the voices and the tones and the conversation. Like that's where I'm coming from. Like – you guys got to realize, like, when I talk to my kids, I I get real with them. I get very real with them about things. But I use a tone and a manner and a dialogue that communicates to them. So that's where I was coming from in my I'm kind of glad so. you said that because, like, you know, I, I wouldn't think of that myself, like, kind of thinking into it like that. I, I just, you know, thought, like, wow, like, you know, a lot of the subject matter, I'm like, probably wouldn't hit home, like, you know, for kids, I. 
like I still get that reaction, but I don't really think why, I guess, besides the actual content, not maybe the tone and the delivery. The, of it. the delivery, yeah. Yeah, no, it's all fair stuff. Uh, so seven for Boyle, nine for Mark, nine for myself. That's Soul. That's on Disney+. Plus. Um, if you have Disney+, Plus, I, I think we say check it out. Um, now it's time for our favorite segment, Good, Bad, Watchable. Guys, we've seen a lot of movies. It was a uh, holiday break for for a lot of us here we got a minute on the clock we go through our good our bad our watchable of stuff we've seen over the last two weeks and then we got a bonus segment there at the end uh boyle minute on the clock for you for your good are you ready i'm ready set and go the first one is the fresh prince reunion which was on hbo max finally got to it 10 out of 10 perfect so glad they did it um and then La- the, the only other thing I'm going to talk about is Better Watch Out, suggested by your parents to all of us to watch on Amazon, uh, the horror Christmas movie. And I was super excited. I just was so thrown off. It was not your average, like, babysitter. Someone's going to come and try to kill everyone in the house. It was like, it took the twist. And then I was just like, oh, okay. And it was gruesome killings. Like, just like, it was a what? And that kid was psycho and he was evil. And I was in eight out of 10 great flick done nice i uh i also saw uh better watch out i think this past summer it like popped up like out of nowhere i also thoroughly enjoyed it i thought it was a great oh, see i thought you hadn't because i thought last week ross said oh my mom suggested for us to all watch this they they did but i i had already seen it he had already seen it and i oh. and i like agreed with them i was like you guys like i i really enjoyed it great twist Thanks, thanks for talking about Boyle because I, I didn't even put it on my list of things to even talk about. Wow. Uh, Mark, for you, a minute on the clock and go. I've got one movie to suggest uh, for my good this week, and it is Lawless. It's available on Netflix. 2012, it's a, it's a loaded cast. I mean, you like from top to bottom, this movie is gritty. It's compelling. It's entertaining. It's about bootleggers in the mountains of West Virginia. We've got um, Shia LaBeouf, um, Gary Oldman, Guy Pierce, Tom Hardy, uh, Jessica Chastain. I mean, the li- it's a loaded movie. Um, gangster, um, crime-related, um, pretty much like keeps the pace up the entire time. I loved this movie. Uh, the average rating I'm seeing, though, is uh, on Letterboxd 3.3. Out of five, I gave it a four and a half out of five. I gave this movie a nine. If you're into gritty crime uh, sort of movies, this is this is one I would definitely get after. Done. Wow. So I've never logged this, but I remember watching this, and I remember giving this like an eight or an eight and a half. It's it was so fantastic. good. Yeah. I had never seen it before. This is my first time watching it. A friend recommended it to me, and I couldn't recommend it enough. If you're into those uh, gangster crime style movies, not like it, it gets pretty violent at points, but it's not like all about that. It's good. Definitely recommend it. Was this their response to public enemies? Possibly. Okay. I'm looking at the IMDb page. I was like, I don't even rem- really remember this yeah, one. I, mean, I actually never saw Public a loaded, It's a loaded cast, and everyone does a pretty good job in like their own respective characters. I, I loved it. Wow. All right. That was Lawless. 
It's on Netflix. All right, a minute on the clock for me, and go. I saw Aliens, the sequel to Alien. It's on HBO Max. I'd never seen it before. You got Skirney Weaver as Ripley. She's back 50 years later. Uh, James Cameron directed this one. It It's widely considered like in like the top five greatest sequels of all time. And you could definitely see it because this movie on its own is like pretty remarkably good. It's a really good action movie. It's entertaining. It doesn't do any of like the dumb things that sequels tend to do. Man, like really good. And here I am like 34 years later telling you that this movie's awesome, but this movie's <laughs> awesome. So uh, there you go. I have a platform. I'm going to use it. Uh, I also saw Mr. Holland's Opus. I had already seen this one before. It's on Disney Plus. Richard Dreyfus and a bunch of other people. Um, it's a it's a really nice and, and very pleasant movie. If you've never seen it before, you can then listen to an episode of the Rewatchables about it afterwards. Um, Mr. Holland's Opus. It's a uh, it's a good time. It's about a music teacher, Boyle. There yep, you go. I know. So uh, is your time done? Yeah, my time's up. I okay. seed my time. <laughs> Uh, basically, uh, I've been, wa- I've been waiting to watch this movie for two years now. Um, my stepdad told me like, you gotta watch this. You're going to love it. And it's actually supposed to come to Disney plus, but it's not coming until it's like, on Disney plus right now. Oh, it's finally on it. Okay. That, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let me wait. Let me start over. Rewind. Last year when Disney plus came out, I knew it was coming out in December of this year. But it just took or December of this year, you know, December last year. Yep. So basically it took the whole time to come. And then I just it slipped my mind because I've been waiting for it. It was originally on HBO, but it got pulled off like last. I really want to say it was like last February or something. And I was like, no, I just missed it. So um, anyways, yeah, I'm very excited to watch it. I'm glad it's there now and it'll be done by next show. All right. Well, Boyle, thank you for that. Let's move along to your bad boil. And you got some stinkers on there. All right. Boil in three, two, one, go. Unlike Mark's high expectations for this movie, uh, Fat Man, video on demand. It was not good. I just, I really, I, I know. It just didn't do it for me. It was very dry. Nothing happened till the end. And even then it was like a two minute shootout and the movie was over. And I was like, what just happened? So I, I was thoroughly displeased. Virtual Christmas Carol, Trinity Reps version. It was on video on demand. I've gotten a special email and did it and whatever. It was bad. They were using like TVs for everything. I get. I understand what they were trying to do for pandemic. Maybe it would have been good for families or something, but I honestly stopped it halfway. It was junk. And last, downhill, Julia, Julia Dreyfus, right? I can't, whatever. And Will Ferrell, I'm running out of time. And it's on HBO Max. It's a skiing movie about their wet. It's it. Sorry, I'm I'm, I'm over it. I can't. I was going <laughs> against the clock, and I just tripped and fell. Basically, <laughs> I'm losing my time. I don't care. Will Ferrell and Julia <laughs> can't say her last name. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Thank you. And they both are like married, and they have an awful marriage that. It, it was just very dark and it was not funny. And it really was just, it was, it had a lot of eek moments. And I really expected so much out of those two to be in a comedic role together. And I just was like, let down. Like I was thoroughly displeased with that one too. It was like bad. It was not good. And I, I expected a lot out of them. And it was, it was sides of them acting that I never want to see again either. Um, Will Ferrell was like, 
your grade A jerk, like like a bad guy to his wife. Like, and I was like, oh, oh, I don't like that coming from you. This the casting didn't make any sense. Basically, two different casts should have been for that, and they should be in a different funny family flick up in the mountains skiing. Like that's it. It was weird. It was like someone gave them the wrong scripts for the wrong movie, <laughs> and. <laughs> I'll take it off from there, however much time. I got but, two minutes and 12 seconds. Wow. Well, do you know Worth that that it. movie's a, a remake of a uh, Swedish film? No, I didn't at all. A Swedish-French film called Force Majeure came out 2014. I, uh, gotcha. I remember seeing the trailer for that movie and being like, wow, this is this is going to be bad. Like, I, Guys, I, can't, I'm 90- I, I had no I'm intention of seeing this movie. What did you say, Bob? I was going to say, I need to see, when did this movie come out while you're looking at it? Can you see uh, it? it came out like last May, I want to say. like twenty. 20- no, it came out, I knew it, it came out on Valentine's Day, dude. And that's oh, why I was yeah. so thrown off. This is not a romantic movie. I think like, that's the point, not- they were subverting romanticism. Well, yeah. <laughs> I would have rather watched like any of those like lame like love stories that usually come out at Valentine's Day. Like I would have rather watched that because I probably would have enjoyed something. Downhill currently has a 4.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Pretty bad. And I good. know Dave from Dual Redundancy, he commented on my thing and he said, I also had high hopes and was also let down by this movie and like kind of agreed with everything I said. Just like it, they did not fit these roles. It was weird. So well worth me going over my time. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Boyle. Uh, let's move along to Mark. Mark, your watchable. I've got an interesting lineup coming here. I think I see, have I seen this. Yeah, movie? you do. All right. All right. Ready? Three, two, one, go. My bad. Um, going to be kind of shocking. Uh, Cruel Intentions from 1999. It's on HBO Max. Now, this is, it's iconic. It's been, you know, parodied uh, Six Ways to Sunday. We all know that. So I was like, you know what? I know, like, the basic premise, but I have to actually see this for myself. It's just so absurd. Like, none of it just really, like, kind of makes sense at all. And some of the acting was just pretty bad. Like, pretty bad. And, like, just kind of, like, how everything, like, ends up. Like, obviously, like, this is kind of, like, a glimpse into like the top 1% of wealth and like, you know, how they kind of function with themselves at school and like all this money at their disposal and pretty much no consequences. Like I said, it's, it's like, it's not good, but this is also like must watch for like teens in like the late nineties and early two thousands. But like, yeah, that's, that's my bad. And since Boyle went for like two minutes, I'll, I'll throw in another 20 seconds. Um, I also watched the movie Greenland. It was another disaster movie, and I was like, ha-ha, like, 2020's over. Like, look, it's a disaster, whatever. Um, decent kind of, like, twist, where they focus more on the characters rather than, like, the actual disaster, like the impending doom. Uh, just not great. And it's, like, for rental now on Amazon Prime. So save your money. You, you don't have to watch it. You're, you're all right. Uh, done. Minute 27. Was that That's Gerard Butler, right? Gerard Butler. Yeah. Dude, that movie... I don't know how the, I've never seen an actor do more crap movies and probably is doing very well for him. Yeah, honestly, like if you watch it for free, like it's not a terrible like time killer and like just like kind of have on like in the background, but it is not good. Let me be clear. It is. It's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like only it's on I'm, rent. I'm I'm glad Boyle qualified the uh, done more crap movies, but is also doing well for themselves because I was about to say Nick Cage wants a word with you, Boyle, yeah. in terms of. <laughs> You have to step into his office. I, he's done some crap movies. Yeah, Can I tell you something? I don't know what it is, but there's like definitely a letterbox love to Nick Cage right now. I he keeps popping up like consistently in my probably feed. my fault because I watch all those movies. Also, our guy Mark, Dave I just Allen has another it on Nick Cage movie we gotta watch. I don't think you've seen it yet. <laughs> I'm gonna share it to you. <laughs> our our guy Dave actually is on the. Uh, Letterbox home screen boil because he just reviewed uh, Lord of War two and a half out of five. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a Nick Cage movie. So yeah, yeah, it's a Nick Cage movie. Between the two of you, there's a Nick Cage movie on my Letterbox home screen. Like every other day, I love it. I love it. Uh, all right, my bad. I'm gonna be quick. Three, two, one, go. All right, Double Jeopardy. It's on Netflix. It stars um, Tommy Lee Jones, classic. Uh, also Ashley Judd when the Ashley Judd thing was was really working for. Her. Um, it's a woman who's framed for her husband's murder, suspects she's he's still alive, and since she's already been tried and convicted for the movie, she can't be re-prosecuted if she finds and kills him. Uh, she finds and kills him. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and scene. Bad movie. You know what, Robot? When I, I saw that you had that for the for the script, I was scrolling through movies last night and I like kind of watched like the preview for that and I was like I was like maybe it was like I didn't think it looked like good, but I was like ah, maybe I'll throw this in. But like, yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> I was, I, w- I fell asleep for like ten minutes within the movie. I was like, there. Julia was like, you want me to rewind? I was like, no, please no, yeah, <laughs> please, please don't. Do. Don't feel like I missed a thing. Um, all right, Boyle, you're watchable. Are you ready? Set. <laughs> Go. All right, so. First off, Death to 2020. It's a new Netflix movie. It's a summary of what happened last year, and it was worth it. Eight out of ten, and it was actually funny. It's just ironic and just a lot of chaos with some celebrities. Uh, Last Holiday, it's on Amazon. It's a Christmas movie um, with Queen Latifah. It's an old flick. It was an okay movie. I just kind of was like, meh, five out of ten. It's a watchable. Um, Trapped in Paradise, that's the Nick Cage Christmas movie. Told you guys you should have watched HBO Max. It was hilarious. Thanks I for fixing that, Rojas. Um, it was honestly, it was just like your, it, it, not incredible. It was like a six, probably five point five out of ten. But I'll give it the six out of ten. Okay. In the, in the cast, and finally, a recipe for seduction. The KFC Christmas special on Lifetime. That thing deserves an Oscar in itself. It sums up every Lifetime movie ever in 10 minutes it's amazing and it's so it makes fun of it the whole time it's thoroughly enjoyable and time, time. <laughs> we're putting a hard stop on you're people. on a you're on a minute restriction all right i was i was good i was done i was very good, good time. all right mark ready for your watchable three two one go i watched the Manchurian Candidate for the first time. This is the 2004 edition, not to be confused with the uh, like 19 like 60s version. Whenever that one came out, uh, this one's available on Showtime. Honestly, the story and like the plot, it's a bit like too absurd. Kind of goes like way like too far over the top. But um, Denzel Washington puts on a great performance. I really enjoyed his acting and his character throughout the movie. Whereas, like, the rest of it is just kind of, like, way too ridiculous, therefore making this a watchable. Uh, I also watched a documentary that was recommended to me. Um, 
my octopus teacher. This guy is like a filmmaker, photographer, and he starts like scuba diving, you know, in this like kelp forest, and he like becomes boys with this octopus. It's like crazy. Like, um, it, like if you really like documentaries, I'd watch it. But if you're not like too into that kind of stuff, then I I'd go ahead and skip it. I'm done. One minute. Wow. On the dot. All right, my watchable. Three, two, one. Captain America Civil War. Um, everyone listening has seen this movie, so I don't really need to get into it too much. I will say this, though. Uh, I did knock down a full star score after watching it again because you, it kind of loses the, um, like, oh, my gosh, look at all these superheroes at the airport scene. Like, now after having seen Infinity uh, War and Endgame, you're just like, ah, that's child's play. And so based on solely the story of the movie, you're just like, it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Uh, you know, give it seven out of 10. And then unfaithful, uh, that if you're into movies where an affair goes wrong, that's your kind of movie, Richard Gere. Look, it, it's watchable. It, it's merely background movie and definitely like the final 30 minutes. I didn't think were that good, but yeah, it's on HBO max unfaithful. All right. My time is done. Yeah. The title, like, uh, Really kind of gives that one away, huh? She is not faithful, if you're wondering. <laughs> well, then someone's got to be unfaithful. Someone's very quite unfaithful. Uh, Diane Lane. My apologies for not uh, listing who the actress was. Um, yeah, guys. So, uh, Boyle, do we want to get into your segment real quick with uh, your rewatch? Uh, yeah. Uh, just basically the Christmas movies. I don't really need to talk. Go look at my letterbox. Um, Claws holds up. Honestly, the movie gets better and better when I watch it. I do need to throw that out there. And the savior for me after Soul was Uncle Buck. I love that flick. It is hilarious. I just laughed the entire night after that. So that did happen. Um, but no, so the little segment was just I rewatched all the DC movies leading up to Wonder Woman 84 because I had promised us that I would do that going into justice league snyder cut which i know is a hot topic obviously so it was worth it it was worth it because one i'd never seen man of steel before great little flick honestly eight out of ten henry cable needs to stay superman forever i will stay that now um so that was good uh batman versus superman dawn of justice the extended cut now it's called the extended cut which just means snyder cut and Guys, it was a totally different movie. Like, no joke. There was so much more detail that actually, like, explained parts better that made the movie more enjoyable. Um, I gave that one an 8 out of 10, too, after rewatching it. And I don't think I liked it as much the first time I saw it. So it just, I just realized watching these movies, and, you know, he has his hand in all of them. Wonder Woman, 8 out of 10. Justice League, 6.5 out of 10. Too much was going on in that movie. It's just ridiculous. And then Shazam, 8 out of 10, probably the best one. I know they all have similar scores, but right now they're fresh and this is where they're at. Um, and Aquaman still junk, 6 out of 10, uh, maybe lower. Um, Shazam's probably the best one out of all of them. It had the most natural feel and natural uh, comedy and stuff to it, as uh, Mark and I discussed prior. But it, it's funny, besides Shazam, every other movie, Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, uh, Dawn of Justice, Wonder Woman, and Justice League, they just scream Snyder. And it's really funny when you watch it. It just is like, 
it's the mood like you know what it's like it's like tim burton like tim burton has his style you just know right away it's the same thing with Zack snyder and it just like it's the eerie darkness of just like your classic like it looks like pop-up stands in the back and it's not even a green screen like it looks like a studio might have like hand painted some like fake pictures of buildings and put them up behind them like it just is it's like a really poorly set movie with a lot of green screen and stuff going on um that's just so hard to not acknowledge and all the characters look hilarious in their outfits when they're all standing next to each other in justice league it just looks so unnatural and the lines are all super corny they're all in your face but they're still some somehow enjoyable i don't know i think it's just storyline which brings me back to wonder woman 84 at this point it's just nice like kind of seeing how these characters like what's going to happen to them i just don't think i need movies of them anymore i just need to know like give me like an hour special and like we can kind of call it good and just like tell me kind of what's happening because they're trying so hard into these movies and not succeeding i think i kind of like his style though it just is going to be weird like what they're going to do with the dc universe now that he's really not going to be a huge forefront after this justice league one gets um kind of released and i'm kind of glad for that though it just makes me question a lot, like with the other characters, like I said, what are they going to do? How are they going to go with this? And um, it, it'll be very interesting to see. But I think it is time, as we've all discussed, that Snyder hangs up his cape because <laughs> he <laughs> needs to be done with this. And uh, I look I do look forward to the new Justice League only because through watching that extended cut of Batman versus Superman, it's just, it's a whole new movie. It's a whole different movie. And people have already said that about this yeah, cut going to come out. Many, many people have said the same thing that you're saying now. They say yeah. like the extended cut is a lot, like it's a lot better. Yeah. It and it's just is like, okay, like he should just have the free reign to make his three hour movies and people should just deal with it. We've dealt with it for other things like, um, you know, Avengers and stuff. Just deal with it or don't go see it. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> But like, just let him make it the way he's supposed to make it. Because when he's told to trim down, he's ruining his movies. He's ruining them. So I just, as a fan, like him. So I give him kind of higher scores. But it's a bias. Fair. I'm speechless after all that. (laughs) I'm so I'm very much still stuck on the fact that that you found. Man of Steel, eight out of ten, because I have nothing but bad memories about that movie. I don't, you know it what? It wasn't that bad. Okay. Honestly, I was it's not an eight was, out of ten, but I like I didn't like think Man of Steel was was like terrible. I thought like for you know for a character like Superman in this day and age, it's just really tough when you got a guy who's literally good at everything and like invincible. It's tough to make a good movie. Yeah. That is tough. So like I I. Ooh, I don't even have a score on Letterboxd. He did it's better just... than the last movies. Let me put it to you that way. The other, like, Superman Returns and stuff, like, I forgot who that actor even was. Like, those movies were really Brand- bad. Brandon I guess, Knopf. and that's probably... It, it, that that probably came into play with my grading because I was like, wow, this is, like, pretty good. And, I mean, it's Henry. Like, I, I, I can't say enough about it. Like, he is your perfect... Superman. Yeah, he really he a, just a great job casting. Yeah. And not for nothing, dude. I love, I'm gonna throw it out there. Guys rocking the hairy chest is Superman. You go, <laughs> dude. That was sick. Guy's like walking through the meadows. He's like, he's the man, dude. 
And you're like, oh, okay. You know, it was just like, eh, I, I don't know. I just thought he was, he was, he was a great depiction of it. Um, and Boyle, and you're right. Still- he is the man of steel. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> great, great podcasting. Boyle just did the bicep reload for Mission Impossible, <laughs> and it was so, very depressing. That's great to see him. <laughs> wasn't as good <laughs> yeah there you go ross <laughs> wow well that was uh very comprehensive boyle thank you um we got some responses on our instagram for what people thought about soul wonder woman and what other movies they've been watching again you can always message message us on gbw pod um what do we got so <laughs> All right, for uh, Wonder Woman from Jules Coco, we got Need to Watch. Thanks for the review, Julia. Dan Maddox said, bad. <laughs> I agree. Zach Million said, meh. Was she really willing to risk it all for a man? Mind you, the first man she ever met. <laughs> Didn't really think about that until now. They nope. stole that from Frozen. That's true. Uh, Nikki Coco said, uh, never seen it. So, Nikki Coco, thank you as well. Uh, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> Zach Million said, amazing when it comes to soul. Uh, Julia said, ending was too basic and it tried to be funny at times when it wasn't. Good but not great. Wow. Disavow. I disavow. <laughs> uh, last movie saw – and I got I got a letterbox this one, but I don't know how to letterbox it because I didn't watch the first like maybe like 20 minutes. Uh, Mom, it's an Indian movie from 2017. It's good. Julia watched it. Uh, Zach Million watched Tongue. I don't know if he's talking about the show or the movie. Okay. And then Tomato 13, Sisto's Boy, Best in Show. I got to watch that movie. That's a Catherine yeah, O'Hara. You know, that's one that pops up a lot, and I haven't taken the time to watch it yet. I didn't like it. Remember? Oh, that's right. Oh, then maybe that, that uh, steered me away. Back. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be like a classic, and I watched it over covid um like back in march april whenever it was um and i i like i remember like mikhail and i both looked at each other like really i wasn't that great like i get it but i don't so (laughs) all right no yeah i I heard it's one of those like um like a very specific group of people like love that movie i could see that following I could see that as well. I could see that as well. Well, uh, that's going to just about do it for the show. You guys have anything else you want to add before we uh, send it to Cookie and Kristen, who both have a uh, Wonder Woman 84 and Soul, a Woman, Woman, Wonder Woman 1984 and Soul review uh, coming up at the end of this. Any, any other uh, things you guys want to add? Right. We, yeah, we're, we're going into those uh... – we're going into that slow period kind of for movies where we, you guys kind of hammered on that before where, you know, January movies, not the strongest. No. Nope. And even oh, we do have something to look forward to. Our best of the year and worst of the year list. Oh, wow. Boyle, thanks for setting us up. So yeah, since the movie schedule has been completely flipped upside down the past uh, 10 months or so, while there are going to be some quote-unquote Oscar-worthy movies coming out, I have no idea what platforms they're going to be coming to and how we're going to be able to see them. So in the meantime, we're going to celebrate the best of what we saw in 2020 and the worst of what we saw in 2020 uh, next week on the show. So that's your homework assignment, you guys. Um, 
And you guys can always uh, listen and can always submit what your favorite and least favorite movies were uh, of the past year. We'll tweet at it at GBWpod and post on our Instagram as well. So make sure you get your vitriol. Make sure you support your favorite movie, um, no matter how wacky of a pick it is, even if it's uh, the wrong Missy. All opinions are valued here, and I want you guys to know that. So, And you guys, I promise you, I will call out all those terrible, no good trash movies that we had to see in 2020 because I saw a lot of them and I watched them, so you didn't have to. That's right. We eat your garbage for you so you don't have to. Uh, so without any further ado, that was Nick Boyle laughing. That was Mark DeSisto. I'm Nick Rojas saying so long. We'll see you next time. This is Cookie and Kristen. And we just saw Wonder Woman 84. 1984. Yeah. I mean, let me just start off by saying that I think this movie is uh, way over the top. Uh, Boyle, you're going to have to explain to me why this movie takes place in 1984 in the first place. Like, you know, last time we see Wonder Woman, she's in, uh, you know, World War One. I get it, but why 1984? Why go to the extent of having. You know her in a world in 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 the eighties, and the the way I describe it, my letterbox review: this movie is way too Frankensteinish. Like they're like even Pedro Pascal is like the mad scientist, over the top acting in the classic nineteen thirty one movie with Boris Karloff. He's just like it's alive and all this other craziness. And then you literally, I feel like the the story is put together. Like Frankenstein, add a little this, add a lot. And then what you end up getting is a big, messy monster of a movie. It's just not very good. I started off giving this movie a three. Um, but even the special effects don't even seem that good. Um, so, I mean, I gave it a two and a half. I'm not really impressed. I think uh, Gal Gadot takes it kind of seriously. Um, Kristen Wiig, meh. Uh, even the opening scene with the the heist at the mall, they're over the top acting as well. All right, I'm turning it over to you. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I, I I think she's phenomenal, Gal, good dot. And uh, yeah, it it was. I said it, it was, comic bookish. It was m- the most comic bookish of mm. any of. The ones we've seen recently, mm. just it had that element of, you know, I know, I know, none of these are very believable, but this just seemed yeah. way over the edge, yeah. and um, okay. yeah, and and Pascal's, uh, it was just, it was, it was like a circus, like a you know, greatest show on earth kind of thing, yeah. um, but. I was a little giddy at the end. Yeah, don't give it away. But, um, you know, so it it had its moments. I mean, the beginning opening scene, you had so much hope. Like, wow, Mm. this is great. And, you know, and then it's just. Yeah, not good. Two and a half. And 1984? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, So a five out of ten. I, I actually gave it a three. Yeah, you gave it a three because you got the little giggle at the end. Yeah. That's it. All right, bye. Bye. This is Cookie and Kristen. And we just saw Soul. Okay, I'm gonna come out hot. This gets a, a ten, five stars yeah, five on Letterbox mm-hmm. and ten stars on IMDb. 
you know what? I'm not going to really say a lot about this other than the fact that it really makes you appreciate life. That life isn't necessarily like I wrote in my review, the big things are the small things. Life is com- compo- comprised of millions of moments that you should really appreciate. Right. Um, and that's what this movie is. Wonderful animation, exceptional story writing, the acting animated and the vocals by the the cast are fantastic and the music is wonderful. Um, And just a testament to what Pixar can really, I mean, again, just reaching new heights. So I'm going to turn it over to you. Okay, well, I thought it was exceptionally beautiful that they used jazz as the catalyst. And since jazz has soul in it, I just felt like there was so much there as a, um, you know, just juxtaposition, if you will, um, giving African-Americans the long overdue and maybe forgotten sometimes credit for jazz. and The only true American art form. Yeah, it's just, I I, I mean, I'm speechless because it was so beautiful. Just Mm -hmm. a beautiful story. Cast, like you said, the music, um, just... I said, I don't know if someone at Pixar made a deal with a higher power to create such beautiful mo- movies. I hope it continues. Yeah, it was it was exceptional. You give it a 10? Yeah, five right. on, on Letterboxd. All right, must watch. Bye. Bye.